everyone, and welcome to my podcast, Count Me Too, a platform dedicated to empowering women of color in their passion for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. I'm your host, Amreen Rahman, and in this podcast, I will be interviewing some truly remarkable women with extraordinary stories about their STEM journey. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Count Me Too. Today, it is our third episode, and we have a very special guest with us. I would like to welcome Sulaf. Sulaf is a professional engineer working as an associate director of transportation planning at the regional municipality of Niagara. She has a degree in civil engineering paired with business studies from UBC. Her career has spanned the breadth of the transportation industry in Canada with experience working in the Ministry of Transportation, City of Toronto, and engineering consultancies such as WSP. However, Sulaf is more than just an accomplished transportation expert. She is also a very strong advocate for STEM. She has held the PEO chair position for the Oakville chapter, mentoring future professional engineers and achieving their STEM dreams in Canada. In addition to that, she is also an advisory council member at the Department of Civil Engineering at Ryerson University on the board of directors of Canadian Network of Iraqi Engineers and Architects and a member of Transportation Association of Canada working on the Road Safety and Transportation Planning Committee. Now, this is a very busy lady, so I'm very grateful that she has given us some time to talk today on our show to discuss her journey in STEM and give us some advice on how women can succeed in professions such as engineering and how we can overcome the barriers that women face in engineering in these professions. So welcome to our show, Salaf. How are you doing today? Thank you very much, Amreen. Thank you for your time. Thank you for considering me and I'm happy to be here. How is COVID impacting your work? Like, are you all mostly working from home? Mostly working from home since, I guess, um, mid of, uh, of March. But again, we are almost back to normal um, somehow by going to the region as needed, trying to manage and trying to, to have the life post-COVID. But we are trying our best. It's challenging, though, but um, everything is fine. It's going on well. Yeah, this is the new normal. So, Salaf, I wanted to ask you, You're working as an Associate Director of Transportation Planning at the Municipality of Regional Niagara. What does that entail? What do you currently do in your role? I would say this is my dream job. So I'm Director of Transportation Planning for Transportation Services in the region. The region is surrounded by 12 local area municipalities and we are all the way from Hamilton until the U.S. border. So um, in my role, I have three offices where it is the permit office, the Vision Zero office, which is the road safety corridor, and as well the transportation planning office. So the team here is, uh, is working tirelessly to establish the vision and strategic objectives to serve Niagara region residents, businesses, and the tourists. Uh, we are working through a collaborative leadership, responsibility, and um, uh, policy-driven approach to the provision of effectiveness and efficient community-focused services. While doing that, we are maintaining the environmental and economic sustainability. From my role, I I present the guiding minds for transportation services by leading the development and implementation of exceptional 
customer service, and this is our mandate. Niagara has around 14 million tourists that they don't know the dynamic of our roads in addition to our residents. And we have a huge growth plan that we are counting for for the next 25 years. So we are putting the strategy of having our roads targeting zero fatalities and injuries to make the best well-being to our residents, to our tourists. And this, like a company with a lot of challenges, a lot of commitment, projects, budgets approval, and all this happening through my office. So it's a huge journey to come, and it's happening now. Uh, But again, I'm visioning more to come for the nearest future. Right. I'm very curious because what you've just mentioned, I mean, it, it takes a huge amount of commitment on your part, right, to, to be the Associate Director for Transportation Planning and in addition to being on, on the planning committees uh, in tech. How do you manage your time? Oh, it is very difficult, the question. So usually I work, um, I am a mother for three <laughs> different ages, children, and I'm alone here as well in Canada, so it's very challenging, but it is manageable. When you have the passion, that trust in yourself, trust yourself, you can do it. It is, it is a very busy schedule, but again, you love to give, right? You love to build and you love to, to uh, enhance in your development, in your career. So all that make all these challenges acceptable. So it is difficult, but it is, it is, I can do it. No one cannot do it. Since you love the thing you are doing, you can do it. So Laf, as you mentioned, there is currently 14 million tourists in, in the Niagara region and it's, it's just growing. I mean, the GTA, Greater Toronto Area, is, is constantly growing, a lot of population growth, and it's only moving west, right? So it, it must be a very exciting time. Uh, to be uh, working in transportation planning for Niagara region? Of course, we need more to come. And whatever you add, it will appear right away. It is a very well-maintained region. And they have the 12 municipalities surrounded by them. And it's a very unique region due to tourists and the huge number of tourists we have, especially at this COVID time. So people leave their houses they don't know where to go. They go to the falls. So we are fortunate to have all these happening. But at the same time, it is a big commitment to us to accommodate all this travel impact and the tourist and the resident to make them all move safely, their, the goods movement move safely. And all we have to arrange for the infrastructure to come to them to accommodate their needs. So it is a very challenging and but exciting to work there. Absolutely. I want to get to know more about you, your journey in engineering. How did you get your start? Like what made you choose engineering as a major when you were a girl or a teenager? And how did you kind of get on your journey? So um, as, as a girl growing up in Middle East, I always wanted to be an engineer. Uh, however, I learned early on that it would be very difficult for a woman to succeed in this predominantly male profession. So back then, the idea of being a, a civil engineer working in a civil um, environment, because civil infrastructure uh, among all men environments 
in my country, Iraq, them, they're traveling to the Gulf countries where Oman or UAE, it was a huge challenge. Um, I, I didn't work in my specific, I, I just work when I graduated from the university, I worked in the university as a lecturer, and this was in the University of Baghdad. And then, because I didn't face that challenge, because I'm from, I just graduated, then I worked there. And then the challenge started when I, when I wanted to go back to out of Iraq due to the war and all that challenging life we had back then. I reached Middle East, I reached the Gulf countries, Oman, where I, I had my interview with number one company in the Middle East and number 17 worldwide. I did perfect with the technical part, but then I faced back by the HR manager telling me, sorry, we cannot hire you because you are a lady. We don't have any lady in this company. And it is unfortunate we cannot hire you because it is a male environment. I had to go back to the hiring manager, who is the technical man, who did the interview and to prove that I am capable technically of doing my job and telling him that this was the answer from the HR. And then I have to force them back for two months to get my job. Obviously, it is not engineering related. It was draft person. But within that job, I could manage to excel my career and be a leader there when I left after 12 years from the Middle East, from Oman, to come here to Canada. All that involved like huge projects, involvement, like many, many design work, many, many kilometers of uh, asphalt roads and bridges. Dubai Mall was one of them. So it's a huge, huge projects and portfolio. But it, it was challenged, it was challenged. Then I decided to immigrate to Canada. The idea itself, the idea itself of immigration to Canada uh, and having engineering work there never crossed my mind. The plan was to work anything in Canada because I will never find a job. But then, as of today, after eight years in Canada, I am one of the first who got such seniority level in, in Ontario. Your, your journey is remarkable. You are a true Canadian success story, Salaf, if I may say so. For me, like, I reflected on how my life as a woman and my career as an engineer had brought me here. For me, the two are not mutually exclusive, right? I'm a woman, but first and foremost for me, I'm an engineer and I want to prove myself. But again, growing, in, growing up in a war-torn Iraq, like my country, it's war after war since my childhood, right? Yes. I saw enough, I suffer enough destruction to last several lifetimes, but I also witnessed resilience and creativity, and that created the challenges in me. Even when food, water, and electricity were virtually non-existent, People find a way in my country to live, to get there by even thrive. I realized that nothing is impossible. And if you think creatively, you for sure can succeed. This is the lesson that has served me well in my career as a woman, as an engineer, both. Because I look into my, back into my country until this moment, and I find they don't have anything 
but they can create, they can live, I can, they can dream for a better tomorrow. So I'm, I'm from that side and I can reflect it here. I could reflect it here. And I would love to give that dream to anyone who's arriving new to Canada to have that aspects and look for tomorrow and for sure tomorrow will be better. That's a very inspiring journey to even hear, uh, Sulaf. What you just mentioned, coming from a war-torn country, we all know about the, the difficulties Iraq continues to have today, but especially in the early 2000s, it was a, a very difficult time. Um, and your journey from there to the Middle East and to Canada, I mean, that is a story of success. It's a story of, I think, resiliency and tenacity. Um, and that is, I believe, a, a big part of your success, right? To to never give up and to hold on and work towards your goals, right? And I think that's something we can all learn from you to apply in our own life. So thank you exactly. for sharing that. Exactly. Like even, for example, now COVID time, people under stress, people cannot live, people complain. We were looking like as a community here from Iraq, we were looking to them. It's, it's a challenging, no one can no one can say no, right? Yes. It's a challenging time to everyone. COVID will come, maybe will kill us, maybe we will survive, nobody knows. The economy is very bad. People are stuck home. The seniors are stuck and we don't know what happens, what will happen to them, what is next, our children. We don't know when the school opens, what will happen. But again, this is not the only challenge that we faced. We had way more challenges and we could face. We got out from countries that had continuous wars and they live and they could do and they could succeed and they could achieve and they could graduate and, and get their education perfectly. Those also we need to look at them because life not not always easy. Not all it has to come with challenges. I think COVID people should be, should shouldn't be stressed out. Thanks God we have a good government here to help us, to support us, and to be like umbrella on us. And we will be there soon. Like hopefully we will be there out of COVID soon. Absolutely. We we are not defined by our adversities. We are defined by how we decide to navigate and, and face those challenges, right? So that's a very important uh, lesson learned from that. I remember a time in Iraq, like we were challenging having a water, a sip of water. So my father would give like a, a, a kilo of gold to get a sip of water to his children, to his three children. It, we don't have water due to the war for several days. We cannot drink water. Um, we sleep and we don't know if we will wake up tomorrow. So we get the final kisses from our parents because we don't know if we will see them or they will see us tomorrow. So it's a huge, okay, but we could get through it. And we are here now. I'm here now in Canada and I could live and survive. And my parents still alive. My brothers are still alive. So we think that this is the end of the world, but it is not. There is one more day to face. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very glad that you, you made it here in this country. And as you said, it's, it's a great country. You, you are able to give a better life to your children, right? So that's the dream. That's the Canadian exactly. dream. Yeah. So, Solaf, I want to ask you uh, your, your experience as a newcomer. So you mentioned a little while ago that when you first came to Canada, 
you didn't think you were going to resume your engineering profession. You were thinking of doing something else. Can you tell me a bit about that time? I mean, that initial period of struggle and how you, you overcame that to start or restart your career in engineering? So I was prepared. I know the challenges in Canada. Uh, the idea there that you will never find a work in Canada, especially in engineering. So I, pre- I was prepared. I got the help from friends around me and co-workers who, who made me through the license application, the Professional Engineers Ontario license application. So I did apply while I was in Middle East, while I was in Oman. And when I arrived in 2011 for the, just the landing purpose, I did follow up with the PAO, uh, but unfortunately I couldn't get my license until 2015 because I had to go back and then settle in Canada in 2013, trying to find a job to survive with my family. And I left the license aside. So I did my exams during 2014 uh, I remember that uh, I did two exams, which is transportation, uh, transportation planning and traffic engineering. And I, the traffic engineering part was very, very um, difficult exam. So I called PO and I was crying. So the lady in PO, she told me, just calm down. You will be fine. And everything, I told her, I cannot prepare for the second exam. It's unfortunate. I, I, the exam was super hard and I didn't do very well. So she was just trying to make me calm down. And I was, I was just crying for nights, nights over nights, to, because the traffic exam was very hard and it, I didn't do well. Surprisingly, after getting my results, after six weeks, I got the highest mark in traffic exam in Hall, Ontario. And this was surprised because like I remember the lady telling me, don't worry, even if you get 60 is fine, but I got, I got 97 in traffic exam. I got exception from all other exams because I did very well. And then I got my license in 2015 after passing all those, uh, the, um, the experience requirement with the PEO, like the requirement of one year. So it was challenging, um, but again, like I could do it. Same to others. I promised myself to help everyone who is willing to get his license in Canada. And I think getting the license is the first step towards a successful journey. So I think that's what you're doing as part of board of director in the Canadian network of Iraqi engineers and architects, right? You're, you're helping the next generation of Iraqi Canadians. So it is not only Iraqis, we are helping all the newcomers. Anyone who, who comes to us asking for help, asking to review his resume, to help him or her finding a job in this sector or doing their license, we are helping them. We are giving them uh, lessons so they can get their PMC, PMPs or we are helping him, them how to uh, apply for PEO. We're doing our best, like we got the help earlier, so we are promised ourselves that we have to give the help back to others. Um, however, I would say like, if you think it is, it's, it's how hard to get through a job in Canada and the big article of newcomer face, regardless of their education, long experience, 
you ha- you are we are all facing the Canadian experience article or terminology that is needed to be there in our resumes so we can apply for jobs and get we can get a job but again as much you think it is simple but again it turns out you you need to be aware of it like not many firms will accept you as a as no experience a migrant in Canada to to give a job so you have to survive having like a side job to live with mm-hmm. then you have a volunteer work to work with right a volunteer to get your way through the the engineering firm or the engineering journey and the side work to make you survive in this like in this country with your family or your beloved one uh, but again you have to to decide that you you shouldn't take it no for an answer ever right the no is not an answer you have to receive yes and you will receive yes and you i i went from there i went from there so i was i was working as a volunteer also in niagara but not in the region i was working in the contractor sector for four months i was driving at 6 a.m back to my house at 7 p.m driving all the way from Ogbo to Niagara just to get the volunteering experience. So this is a big, like four months volunteering experience only while you are paying all that, like the gas and the time and all that, just to get the experience in the Canadian field is huge. But again, we have to do it. Like don't mind the voluntary work because this will take you to the next point. There are no shortcuts. Exactly. It's a very long journey. And Sulaf, one of the big reasons I really wanted to interview is because your, your story is very motivational and inspirational. And the reason I'm saying that is because I personally know a lot of women who come from other countries who have engineering degrees. They have, like you, 10, 12 years of engineering experience also, but they come to Canada and then they start that we, what we call survival job, right? then they get so involved in just setting up their life and grinding like the day-to-day grind that they give up. Like it, then it becomes two years, become three years, become five years. And eventually they never ever even attempt to get their license because it's too hard and they feel that the barrier is too much that they don't want to even a- attempt, right? The, the message that we're trying to get out, right? Like you should not give up. And from your story, that tells women that it can be done. Exactly. And you are in the right place now. Being a woman, it's maybe challenging somewhere else. But here, like you are in the right place. It's just to, to know where's the trick to get my license, to apply for a job, to keep the intention and the objective always in my mind and you will be there for sure you have to love being an engineer using your skills to help build a better future for everyone so your career your career will be a proof to that uh, women can succeed and become a leader the world has been changed um, since my starting before 20 years mm-hmm. and now i know my daughter or the next generation will not need to struggle that like the way I had when I started, right? There are better opportunities now. Exactly. I think there's a deviation from where the engineers before 20 years or 10 years, and every day is better than the day before. 
But again, yes, I would say yes, you would struggle, don't mind it, get it, take it, but to prove otherwise, to prove you are capable to do better and better than others. Respect others, respect everyone, but again, you have to prove to them that you are doing a better job. We, we, we should keep the hope. Those women or those newcomers, they should keep the hope because today they are newcomers. Before 10 years, I was a newcomer. And before 20 years, someone else was a newcomer. And we are here now. We are building Canada. We are participating in building the infrastructure. We are participating in health. Like all of us in Canada, our diversity are newcomers and are migrants. So we are all here at this point today. And tomorrow someone else will come. So we need to believe, to keep the believing that there is a kindness, there is a brain, there is love. And I got that. I got the help and the support. And for sure, I will give it back to someone else. Because it, if it didn't reach me, if it, did, if it will not reach you, it won't never re- reach me, right? So we need to believe in that. So I would ask them, there's a message to the newcomers, like to the newcomers, to the women. Surround yourself with people who challenge you, teach you, and push you to be your best self. Always do that. Don't surround yourself with people who are telling me, you, this will never happen. No. There are many examples in front of us that they could do it. And always anyone can do it since there, there, there's an intention, right? Yeah. There is a challenge to face and we can accept the challenges and do it. Absolutely. Salaf, you've gotten to a certain position in your career and you haven't just stopped there. You are paying it forward, right? Through your voluntary work in, uh, as, a, as a PEO chair in Oakville, your uh, voluntary work as uh, a board of director in the Canadian Network of Iraqi Engineers. What advice would you give to newcomers who are, say, who are just now thinking of moving to Canada? How can they prepare themselves better for the Canadian job market before they even come here? So before even come here, like it is, it is not, it is not a, an easy path. Mm-hmm. It is never being an easy path. So try to be prepared. Reach out. Um, you can provide my phone number, my email. Reach out to any help, and the help always there. We are fortunate that we are such communities here, and we can help each others. So reach out, ask, read, go to the internet, find all your ways, never give up. They need to be prepared. If I am sitting at home and don't applying and not doing my best, not working day and night to get my job and get my career through, I will never get it. You have to keep applying. Until this moment, I'm busy 24-7. And I guess all the ladies who are in this field, they are very busy. Everyone who is like who, who's advancing in their careers, they are very busy. You have to try and keep trying. There are many organizations that could help. All services now is online, right? Yes. And the internet is open to everyone. And Professional Engineers Ontario is welcoming any applicant, right, for the engineers. And LinkedIn too, right? There's professionals on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Add and increase your network. Add the people that can help. Approach them always. And those bridging programs and universities, you can get, if you are an engineer and you don't want to get through the license process first and to try 
to get a master's degree, I always give the, give the advice, go get a master's degree, register with the universities, with UFT, with Ryerson, with many universities are opening their hands to anyone who is welcome. Try. So I started, I thought that I will not get engineering job. So I started with UBC by getting business administration because I thought if I'm getting engineering, I will do business. So let me get a master's degree from this, from UBC. So navigate, navigate and never give up. And you will be there for sure. I sit now in a landscape of engineering world, trying in my small capacity to assemble a better future to everyone, to ones around me, to ones I know, and anyone approach me. So anyone is welcome to approach and anyone is welcome to have advice. But again, it doesn't start from me. It starts from the person who wants to be, right? You have to have that creativity, that belief to be there. Well, thank you so much, Sula, for, uh, for your work. You are changing the lives of many newcomers who, who want to start their careers here in, uh, in STEM. And I'm sure the people you help will, will one day help the people who are behind them. Um, and that way we are just spreading that goodwill and we're just spreading that, uh, that help and the love uh, that you mentioned uh, and that will help everybody uh, who comes after us. So thank you for your work and uh, thank you for your time today at uh, this podcast. Thank you very much for your time as well. And can thank you for considering me. I'm always available for any any help, any answer, um, I'm always available and we are all there together.